good morning. Afternoon. It's not the morning. Yeah. Good afternoon. <laughs> what time is it even? It's three forty-five. So you know, it's quarantine hours though. So I'm every, drinking coffee though. So it's morning. That's right. It's morning for me. Every time is all the time. So <laughs> same. How are you doing? I'm okay. I my spring break is over. What? Yeah. What a spring break it was. <laughs> I played a lot of Animal Crossing, mm-hmm. also N64 games. Yeah, a couple, yeah. We didn't Pokemon play too Snap. much, but yeah. You played Mario Golf, Ogre Battle. Played a little bit of Ogre Battle, mostly Mario Golf, though. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play more, <laughs> for sure. What else is going on? Anything? Uh, this is like, I think the fourth episode we've done in quarantine. Yeah, I don't know. Really? That's yeah. a month? Yeah. <laughs> a month Because I've been quarantine. making videos for work for three weeks and there was a week before that where we were in quarantine but i wasn't making them yet that is true yep (laughs) yeah it's it's going kind of weirdly fast yeah you know there's no obvious end point so who knows anything else going on what twitch is going good Uh, and yeah i don't know i haven't done anything except for stream and uh oh we have a community day coming up with picket yeah yeah a week from yesterday I thought it was yesterday <laughs> for a while, but yeah, learned no. that it was not. Because uh-huh, it's still the brilliant event right now. And I think our plan is to do some streaming and... Uh, 12.01 a.m. Good times. On Saturday. Good times. Great oldies. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have anything exciting, I don't think. No. Yeah. There's not as much <laughs> to talk about before our episodes anymore. You went on a walk. The week's going by. <laughs> since yeah. <I> squirrel. <laughs> you did. You did. I and was there. And a big dog. It was yeah. a thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, do you want to get into it then? Sure, let's go. All right, one's ready. Turn to page 227, The Very Secret Diary. Today's lesson is called Telling History. (laughs) A synopsis. The chapter begins with Hermione recovering from accidentally transforming into a cat. All students return from winter break, and suspicion around Harry persists despite no new attacks. Ron and Harry respond to a screaming myrtle, and discover that someone has thrown away a 50-year-old diary belonging to T.M. Riddle, a name that Ron remembers from a special trophy at Hogwarts. Harry keeps the diary despite its being blank, and eventually he and Hermione speculate that it may be relevant to the last time the Chamber of Secrets was open. Meanwhile, Lockhart introduces Valentine's Day delivering dwarves, one of whom tackles Harry in the hallway and sings a musical Valentine message to him. Ginny seems especially mortified, as in the melee, Malfoy steals the diary temporarily from Harry. Afterward, Harry recognizes that spilled ink covered most of his books, but not the diary. He decides to write in it, and is stunned when it responds to him. In a conversation with Tom Marvolo Riddle, Harry learns that he resolved the previous opening of the Chamber of Secrets, and is invited by Tom to see his memory. Harry agrees, and is pulled into the diary to watch as Riddle confronts Hagrid, who releases a giant spider that escapes. Harry is thrown back from the memory and reveals to Ron that their friend Hagrid opened the chamber 50 years ago. Mm. Yeah, I looked back because uh, I forgot one thing I was going to do was look up Dwarf in Fantastic Beasts. I looked up Beast. Dwarf. Oh, oh no, in Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, oh, no, no, I not in not. Fantastic Beasts. Do we have the book? Yeah, the red one. Oh, dear. <laughs> Here, well, I, yeah, why don't you do I it? Can I can get can, it, I, yeah. Uh, 
I'm guessing that there's not going to be an entry in there because wouldn't it be would it be transposed onto Pottermore slash uh, like no. the oh okay never mind Pottermore does not have the entirety of Fantastic Beasts on here. But it's also not a creature, right? You, maybe because it's humanoid. Mm. Oh, those are all the yeah, all yeah, the dragons. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, well, it's not in here. Uh, although that does make sense that I think that's in the forward of what's in here, what's not in here. Because they're humanoid. But. So Goblin isn't in there and in stuff, right? UUVW. Werewolf is in here. Mm. I don't know. Interesting. Well, yeah. All I, I found was that there are only two references, apparently, to them in the books. This one, and then at some point, Harry spots a few raucous dwarves in the Leaky Cauldron in Diagon Alley, which I think will be the next book, but I'm not mm. positive about that. I think, uh, yeah, I looked it up because I have an affinity for dwarves. I tend to play them in my games mm-hmm. for a very long time. I don't, you know, who knows why? I don't know. I just like them. And uh, I was curious, like, I didn't really remember them in my previous readings like to now yeah uh, i didn't really remember because it's not even like a scene in and of itself it's like a little embedded thing that they're like these dwarves doing mm-hmm. lockhart valentine's oh stuff my God, oh, yeah. calm down so dude. that was all i found stop making it about you <laughs> oh my god well he's he least, sealed it so we're fine least favorite teacher problem solved until we get to pink lady herself <laughs> uh why are there candles in the bathroom <laughs> yeah it was just like there's a, no electricity it was just like a small detail so like the filch is mad again because he has to clean up some water and then run here like oh let's go into the bathroom we mm-hmm. hear myrtle and it's dark because there's the candles are out and i was like wait why are the candles lighting the bathroom there would have to be them Unless you're, you know, you just pee all over yourself. I yeah, guess. I don't know. Well, <laughs> funny enough, so, because uh, I looked up Chamber of Secrets on Pottermore, but I'm not going to get into it just yet. Because, sure, sure, um, we, could, we can we save can it. We can save it for yeah. later. But in the little tidbit written by J.K. Rowling on Pottermore, uh, there's like the fact that wizards uh, used to, they adopted plumbing mm. from muggles that they used to just relieve themselves and then like make it Vanish disappear. Vanish it away with magic and so that's something. interesting interesting <laughs> choice interesting why choice. yeah no i'm not really and sure it doesn't make any sense to yeah, me that's a that's an odd one because like wizards well what why it doesn't make sense to me is be, well actually no because now i'm thinking about like the structuring of a society so mm-hmm. witches and wizards weren't always like sealed off from the muggle world like they existed right. like that you're born into the world we all share the same world right um but then i'm thinking also about like oh well hogwarts was founded so like there's like stages of this society mm-hmm. um i mean it's still like it's not like they're completely a completely different species but they you know you're still human but that's i don't know that's a different train of thought but my question is like well why would you do that like I'm really toilets. not sure. Do you think they call plumbers, muckle plumbers, when they have issues? Although I guess, Repair. like, with the development of plumbing, I guess that's also something to take into consideration. Yeah. Anyway, so what I looked up was, can ghosts not die? That was the thing that you brought up with uh, Nearly Headless Nick mm-hmm. with his death day party. 
Uh, so there is writing by J.K. Rowling on Pottermore entitled Ghosts. Uh, so a ghost <laughs> is a transparent three-dimensional imprint of a deceased witch or wizard that continues to exist in the mortal world. Um, muggles can't come back as ghosts. Uh, and she writes, the wisest witches and wizards choose not to. So it's those who have unfinished business, mm -hmm. whether in the form of fear, guilt, regrets, or overt attachment to the material world who refuse to move on to the next dimension. So obviously, Myrtle has some issues. Nearly Headless Nick has some baggage. <laughs> um but what's it, she she also like writes in there that ghost can't really answer the question about what it means to die because they haven't fully done it yet so they're like trapped in this weird existence she writes she calls it an impoverished version of life but they're not does she comment on whether they're able to exit that version it doesn't seem like it. It mm. seems that it's they permanent. have unfinished business and they refuse to move on to the next dimension. That's why they're a ghost. But I guess it's not clear whether or not like you can Gain finish your business. Or yeah. like that. Right. Um, ghosts can pass through solid objects without causing damage to themselves or the material, but they create disturbances in water, fire, and air. Mm. That's all. <laughs> That's all about ghosts. Yeah, I've always wondered that about ghosts and like my games and my fantasy stuff of like you know yeah what is sort of the ontological side of it do are they able to exit it you know and resolve mm -hmm. their issue and if so how you know yeah i guess i didn't go through the reddit threads though i'm sure people have discussed this well we know some of those from... some of the ghosts in hogwarts have been there for a very long time yeah so but this goes back to the question of whether bins will always be Always the history of magic teacher, teacher forever. Hey, save some money. It's not like he needs to get paid. <laughs> yeah, sure, free labor. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that's somewhat related and somewhat surprising to me, talking about somebody who is very old. Okay, mm -hmm. so when we go into the diary, so mm -hmm. we're jumping around, but that's fine. We usually yeah. do. We're going to the diary, and one of the scenes with Tom Riddle is he's in the headmaster's office with. Armando Dippet. Yep, Dippet. The prior headmaster. Hogwarts headmaster. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he lived to be, uh, I'm doing some calculation, 355 years old. What? <laughs> he was born, according to this, Wait. in 1637. What? Yeah. Yeah. Ah. I know. I don't know if that's right, but Dumbledore that's what it would said on young. the thing. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> oh, spoiler alert, sorry. <laughs> so he was headmaster in the 1940s into the 1960s and possibly into the early 1970s, somewhere between mm. March 1965 and March 1971 was when Albus Dumbledore became headmaster at Hogwarts. Mm -hmm. He died in 1992, Armando Dippet. Yeah, I, okay, so that's this year. Well, actually, last year, because we're in 93 mm -hmm. right now. Okay. For, mm -hmm. uh, well, after winter break, it's January 93, February 93. Yeah, no, I guess it is. Because oh, no. Valentine's Day 1993, yeah, so it would have been the prior year. Yeah, so but it would have been this What I was trying year, to maybe. figure out was like the 50 years prior. Oh, my gosh. I went down all of these like timeline holes that led me. So I went back to like the 40s. 
because mm-hmm. the diary was written 50 years or it was owned chamber of secrets all of this was 50 years ago so that takes us back to 1943 and then i was like wait a second what about grindelwald when was he defeated and so i went through with this whole thing i didn't really get anywhere but i was just like exploring a bunch because then i was like well I was trying to think about contextually, so it's kind of strange because I always forget about the connection, or not connection necessarily, but like the um, the crossing of paths between Tom Riddle, Lord Voldemort, and Grindelwald. Mm-hmm. Like because, so what I found out or clarified was that in 1945, that was when Grindelwald and Dumbledore had their famous duel and all of that, um, but. That was like two years after this diary thing and other and Chamber of Secrets. So I was just trying to like yes. think about the so, timing of this. Because, yes, because that means that in the upcoming movies, yeah. they could actually play this out yes. if they chose to. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I got super hyped. I was like, oh. We could see an alive Myrtle. <gasps> Do you think they'll bring her back? She'll be yeah. like much older. Well, she was like but... in her 40s when she <laughs> was Moni Myrtle in the first place. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's... It is kind of fun to remember how much the timeline crosses each other with yeah. the current movies, the Fantastic Beef movies, mm-hmm. and these Harry Potter stories. Yeah. The past of the Harry Potter stories, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of commentary about Grindelwald and comparisons to Hitler and right. um, World War Two specifically. But then, like, I always forget, like, oh, yeah, Tom Riddle was a child or, you know. Mm-hmm teenager when mm-hmm. all of this was also happening yep. so it's interesting to think about generationally because i don't know people always are like oh voldemort's the big bad but like remembering like yeah he was also a kid who grew up and so thinking about those contextual historical political pieces that are part of the larger world is interesting to also think about it would be very interesting to hear voldemort's perspective on grindelwald Mm-hmm. Like what he thinks about Grindelwald and like what Grindelwald tried to do mm-hmm. with, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just would be like, what was he thinking about? Because we know already, we know that in this timeline, this time frame, mm-hmm. Voldemort is like recruiting and has strategies and stuff, you mm-hmm. know. If he's so, like, oh, I could do better. Yeah. I could be the leader <laughs> right. or I could rule them all. Oh my gosh. But it's it's again it's I think to me at least the way that I read the two characters it speaks to like that they're quite different. I don't think Voldemort they, would ever align with Grindelwald and vice mm-hmm. versa. Like they're they're not really aligned with each other. They are chaotic. Mhm. Eat both of them, but they're not like the same type of evil. Yeah. I mean it all so I got to the point where I, then I was basically what I found was um I think it must have been like a timeline of Grindelwald specifically because that's when I got to the point of like, oh, well, he was defeated in 1945 and then he died in 1998. And so like, I don't know, just like the context of all of that, it made me wonder about the similarities but also differences between the two, which I think we could probably, if we watch Fantastic, I mean, I know that the movies are coming out slowly over a long extended period of time. I'm sure we could go in depth. I think we should at some point. I think it would be really fun to compare them. Mm -hmm. But in this chapter, at least, spoilers, (gasps) meeting Tom Riddle, it's such a fantastic, it's such a fantastic way. I mean, it's like. It happens so fast. It happens so fast. Yeah. Because it goes like this. It's like 
TM Riddle and Riddle's like or <laughs> Riddle. Harry is like TM Riddle and he's he's the one that's like it's a diary, he's probably muggleborn, blah blah blah. And Ron comes in for the win and he's like, Hey, I know that, I know that name. name. <laughs> I'm just like, Ron, what are you doing, bro? And so then it just like unfolds so fast. Like I I mean, I was halfway through the chapter and I was like, This is called the super secret diary. When is it gonna come into play? And um and then finally, like, I don't know, in the course of, like, a couple pages, I was like, whoa, slow down. What is happening? Yep. Oh, my goodness. And if I'm not mistaken, this is the only chapter, really, that Harry will have possession of the diary. I think in the next chapter is when he no longer has it. Mm. It's kind of, Yes, it does happen very fast. It's a relatively, again, it feels like a fairly long chapter in the sense that, like, it's a big moment. The diary is in Harry's hands. There's all these other things kind of happening, but they're all pretty peripheral. Mm-hmm. No attacks stands out, right? Especially in this read for me, like the way J.K. Mm-hmm. Rowling kind of talks about like this vacuum of attacks and she fills it in with like people are still accusing Harry and it's because like it's because they've accused Harry that he's no longer doing them because all the suspicion is on him yeah. and like, all this stuff. When really like the reason is because of the diary. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind yeah. of fascinating like how yeah. she how she does that so know. in encountering the diary so ron and harry go in and like myrtle's hysterical and then right. they see it um so i love how harry's just like about to pick it up and ron's like that could be dangerous and harry's like yes what are you yes. talking about so that brings me yeah you were t- going to talk about this probably because hmm. you mentioned to me the thing about the sonnets of the sorcerer yes. or whatever uh-huh. and i actually thought about that like the three things that ron lists I was, it occurred to me that it's possible that he's wrong. That what is wrong? What Ron is saying, like, oh, my dad told me about these, like, evil books that, like, you can't Mm. set it down and stuff. And I was thinking about, like, rumors in the wizarding world and how much they must be able to spiral because you can essentially, like, really Mm. rational. I mean, look at how much people rationalize in the muggle world about, like, it's kind of supernatural and different reasons for things happening. Yeah. Then if you actually had magic, you'd be like, oh, well, uh, uh like yes there's a book that like if you read it you can never stop reading it yeah yeah so i didn't find the exact books for the ones that he describes like that so like the book that you can't put down and um i don't remember what the other one was but uh i couldn't find an actual burst in the flames oh yeah that make your eyes or yeah yeah burn your eyes out or whatever (laughs) so i couldn't find the specific ones because i was i kept searching and then i went down this other rabbit hole because like when the de- uh, the battle at the Department of Mysteries happened, like um, Arthur got promoted to a new position. So I was trying to find like, OK, well, maybe Arthur like somehow like said the names of the books somewhere in the Wizarding World and I couldn't really find it. But it also made me laugh because for Ron also like a book that you could never put down would probably be very torturous to him like, well, in general. Yes. And what I was thinking about was like, I wonder if he's like partially right or right about one of them and mm-hmm. not the others, because there's another time where... J.K. Rowling in this chapter juxtaposes that Ron lists things Mm -hmm. and it's like about the diary Mm -hmm. and like what could happen. And like one of the things he lists is like 
killing Myrtle or something yes, like that. Yes, I wrote that as my yeah. favorite quote or one of, I have several favorite quotes. Um, so Harry's like, oh, I wonder why Riddle got the award. And Ron says, oh, it could have been anything. He could have gotten three OWLs, saved a teacher from a giant squid. Maybe he Myrtled Myrtle like so casually. And I was just like, oh my God. It's pretty oh, great. And God. it was that thing because it was also, I think, a list of three, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh-huh. like, so were the books. And I was like, oh, maybe one of the three is like oh, real, was it? you know? Yeah, so interestingly enough, so the book that he lists is a real book but now you're making me think of like whether it's actually like a cursed thing or if it's a rumor um so this took me to harry potter and the cursed child which i have decided i have to reread this because there's like first of all this takes place modern day like Mm -hmm. in 2019 2020 that's now like what is happening? I'm convinced. I know that it's not popular and people are going to hate me for this, but I'm convinced that Cursed Child is like canon lore connected to Wizards Unite. So that's just that's just why I'm caring about this. But anyway, um, one of the books that he mentions is Sonnets of a Sorcerer. So basically, mm-hmm. if you read it, uh, you're cursed to speak in Limerick for the rest of your life, <laughs> which is a kind of strange curse, but whatever. It's the wizarding world. So there's this scene that's in the Ministry of Magic in Hermione's office because she's, I believe, headmaster at this point. And uh, the kids are like... Minister? Yeah, what did I say? Headmaster. Oh, headmaster. Sorry. Minister. Minister, yeah. Um, The kids are snooping around her office. And uh, so it's Scorpius and Harry. um, And there's this comment of like, oh, have you seen the books on the shelves? They're banned books, cursed books. And then there's like a list. All the books from the restricted section and then some. Magic Most Evil, 15th Century Fiends, Sonnets of a Sorcerer. That's not even allowed in Hogwarts. So like what you're saying just makes me think of like, That could be the true one. Yeah, it could be the true one. It could be cursed, but it also could just have a bad reputation. It's just like banned. Because funny enough, like Harry Potter was banned in a lot of schools because of, you know, Yes. Witchcraft. So (laughs) I don't know. It's really fascinating to think about like what's real and what's overblown. (laughs) Yeah, I hadn't ever really thought about it mm-hmm. until, like, for whatever reason, when I was reading that list, I was like, oh, what if he's wrong? Because it's like that secondhand thing of, like, oh, my dad says, like, yeah, my yeah. dad says this. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, oh, where did gosh. he hear it? Did he experience it? You know? Yeah. The second little, oh, my God, that I had, um, so after the maybe he Myrtle, murdered Myrtle, I can't say that. <laughs> murdered Myrtle, murdered Myrtle, murdered Myrtle. Um, was actually Harry. Um and this is like in his head. I didn't write down the page number, but it says, and while Harry was sure he had never heard the name T.M. Riddle before, it still seemed to mean something to him, almost as though Riddle was a friend he had had when he was very small and had half forgotten. And I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> I know. I can't believe The this. breadcrumbs that she lays down are just like so astonishing yeah. in retrospect, right? With like yeah. hindsight, it's like, it's just a single sentence. Even if it's just an... I had a conversation with my mom about this, actually, of, like, how much do we think J.K. Rowling, like, with these research stuff that we do in the background, like, is she filling it in and stuff? And I was kind of saying, like, I kind of view it as... She probably has ideas. I was viewing it as, like, an unfinished jigsaw puzzle, that, like, the books are a jigsaw puzzle, but instead of, like, being bordered with, like, flat edges, there mm-hmm. are hooks. And so she hooks onto them and, like, builds out the the backstory and all the histories and stuff. And I think this is one of them where it's like, you know, does she already have the ideas of how the story is going to play out over the next Mm -hmm. five books? Or is this just like part of her instinct of like, 
they're clearly connected but like even the language that she uses to me mm-hmm. is so stark of like like a friend he forgot and yeah. like when he was young and like yeah. a piece of him and it's like what the heck? <laughs> yeah so it's just so good I in the know. last interview that i looked at from the last episode uh she one of the kid reporters asked her something about like the ending of the book or i don't remember like if if she had already pointed at her she feels like she had to change it or whatever and basically she said that she always had like the, she always knew where she was going to end up and like she right. basically committed herself to that because that was like the commitment like this is the story this is like what that's I my process say. right now and uh-huh. a lot of the feedback that i hear and or like guidance that i hear is similar uh-huh. to that it's like you should spend the most amount of time at the beginning on your the endings yeah because they're the hardest part yeah and so she said also that like um the more books that like with each book like her storytelling becomes t- it's forced to become tighter because she's trying to get to that end point she committed to um however in the earlier books she said that she uh often wandered a lot more and she commented specifically that Hermione is one who wanders a lot and that she's had to like pull it in in like later books of just hmm, interesting so, yeah yeah I was because I was imagining of like so then another sentence that also is because we've been talking about the one-off sentences about Ginny and so mm-hmm. one sentence is so the Valentine's Day scene everything is aggressive like you have the dwarves pinning down Harry like I have to sing this to you like right now this is my job I don't know and then the sentence is, Ginny was staring from the diary to Harry looking terrified. That's literally all it says. Like, there's no uh, going back to Ginny. It, that is the sentence. Yep. So I was thinking. She's if, so intentional with that. Yeah. I was thinking about the context of this book. So, like, if I had to, if I, I mean, I don't write books, but if I were to do this, like, I would have an outline and then I would have, like, I would have the key things and be like, oh, so for example, Ron cleaning the trophies like that is an intentional thing like that would be a sticky note that I would place somehow like why would like Ron would be the the messenger or the person to help like put this together like why would he be doing this oh because they got detention or whatever and this was the punishment and so that's what I was thinking about is like these little things that are like you have these key things and you're kind of dispersing it throughout the context of these chapters that's right. There's really only two anchors to it all. When I, if I'm to talk about this book, one is the Chamber of Secrets. Mm-hmm. What is it? And the second is Voldemort. Mm-hmm. Like who is Voldemort and what is his past? Mm-hmm. And then like tying those two things together and having this option to then play it out and like, oh, how would you propose to like really share the past? Oh, have it be memories and like a diary. And, like, kind of play it out that way. Yeah. I mean, and if you think about it. And then even Hagrid in there is just, right. like, oh, in the heart. Well, Hagrid. I think what's so compelling about it is that it's not, okay, so basically, like, living in real life is not linear. Like, you meet a new person. It's not like you find out the history of who they are from, like, when they were born to, like, now. You find these, like, little pieces, and then as a human, because you process information and make sense of it, like, you put them together. So sometimes, like you might like craft an image or perception of a person because of like the little tidbits that you have about them and perhaps your own like uh, lived experiences and like how that shapes your lens. And so it's it's very interesting to think about, like when I think about complex storytelling, that kind of like this, this is really compelling because it's like 
these are real people like you're you're just being introduced to them in these like little fragmented ways um to paint these images and like there's history and it must have been so hard to keep track of everything Uh, i mean except to like create it in your mind and be like yeah these are real people i don't know right yes that's where i struggle the most as a budding writer because it's i don't have a great memory so like you you have to be really organized. Like when I listen to George R. R. Martin speak, he like remembers so much about everything, mm. including like the real world history because he studies a lot of history. But anyway, yeah, I think Ginny is a it's a master class in writing a mystery is mm. what following the clues of Ginny every time she comes up, and it's a master class too because she's not the only one who comes up. Like Fred and George keep coming up, and it's like well. So it feels like, oh, she's just telling us about ancillary characters yeah. until we find out later. And like there's the reveal, which is like the classic mystery of like the Scooby-Doo pull off the mask. Oh, my God. Like who's been opening the chamber? Mm. And then it's like, well, let me think back on what's going on. We have the benefit years later now of like knowing so we can like read it in the moment as like, wow, look at this clue. Look at this clue. Look at this clue. Yeah. Yeah. It's just great. I mean, this well, book is like, really, for me, this time around, I'm yeah. like, wow, this is great. We were listening to that episode of Office Ladies, and I think it was Angela, maybe, who commented on a scene with Jim and Pam, and they were, like, giving each other a rundown of the day. It was, like, not a very monumental scene, but the way that Angela was talking about it was like, oh, it it makes it so good, the show so good, because it makes it feel like you're eavesdropping. Like, it's not an actual scripted out scene or whatever. And so I think that similarly, even though there's, like, all this chaos that's happening, because that's kind of the painting of the picture, the Valentine's Day scene in particular, there's all this chaos happening. And so that's kind of what what makes it beautiful, is that you have all this chaos, all this distraction, all this, like, all these things that you could look at. Yeah, of course, Malfoy stealing the show, Lockhart stealing the show. (laughs) <laughs> but even that is so beautiful because it's like the only other person now to touch the diary besides mm. Harry and Ginny oh my gosh. is Malfoy. <laughs> and then later on, like it's, it, there's just like ties in and like mm. to put it in his hands and like give you the, the subliminal thing of like, Oh, Malfoy with this diary, like books and blah, blah, blah. Like what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. I mean, I think like, there's a risk for me because I'm such a fanboy of attribu- misattributing, right? And being like, oh, this is like amazing. She planned all this when really like I'm reading into it. But yeah, that's fine. That's the beauty of reading. <laughs> I think it's because like well, she does it with Neville too, right? It's like she talks about Neville every once in a while, mm-hmm. especially in the first book. Like mm-hmm. here's Neville, here's Neville, here's Neville. And it always seems like, oh, okay cool yeah you're like filling out the picture and then he has like this pivotal moment of like standing up and then like yeah yeah but I think that this is also like um I okay so I watched my or all of my first year of wizard phd videos like back to back this was like at the end of year one I was like oh so I was watching back all my videos and something that stood out to me that was that it felt like there was a common theme throughout the videos or like intentionality there when there wasn't like and so what it makes me think of is like perhaps like this is just like 
this this is her this is the world that she created it came from inside of her and so because of that whether things are intentional or not or like it doesn't have to be like the the carpenter version of like right. i crafted this it could be like the garden like it's nurtured because it's inside of her and so like it's it's an extension of her as a person like right. her values her morals or whatever coming out even though it's in this like context and yeah so i don't know that's also something that you're making me think of as you're speaking it probably isn't like uh, consciously intentional it might be parts of it might be but it might just feel that way because it's something that's just um i don't know part of her yeah creative mind i don't know <laughs> okay on to the the key moments uh-huh. so let's talk for a little bit about the memory the diary memory mm-hmm. okay so this is where I came up with the title, right? Telling history, because mm-hmm. as somebody who's done a little bit of historical work in my research and publications, one of the styles of knowing history, and it's not an uncommon way, is like it's written by the victor mm-hmm. and also different things like that. But but what stuck out to me here is that nothing that Tom Riddle shows Harry is is a lie mm-hmm. like let's take that for granted okay I we mean, could speculate off, like yeah. <laughs> okay yeah but the whole idea of being able to it's not even cherry picking it's it, there's a danger in history because what exactly is going on in these scenes is so subtle yeah right we only we get the benefit of finding out eventually like how we're being misled to come to the wrong conclusion about the Chamber of Secrets. Mm -hmm. The irony is, of course, that the school itself and all of history also came to the wrong conclusion. So for 50 years, T.M. Riddle has gotten special services for saving and closing the Chamber of Secrets. Mm -hmm. And like that is the story that it's reinforced by all this, by everything, and there's only one person apparently we'll find out who is suspicious of uh, this conclusion, right? And th- and it ties in so nicely because we get that one moment where Tom Riddle crosses paths with 50-year younger Dumbledore mm-hmm. and Harry recognizes in Dumbledore kind of the same sort of like suspicion of like, I'm, I can see through you. Some, all What you're saying to me, Tom Riddle, mm. Harry Potter, isn't all that's happening Mm -hmm. and like it's just it's so great i mean to see it all play out Mm -hmm. again and like the the way that she does it and like you empathize with i empathize with tom riddle at this point because it's like oh he he doesn't want to go home like he's in an orphanage and he hates it and it's like he's hairy and it's like harry doesn't want to go home that is the oh my god i remember last time we we did a video on this book i pulled out this same quote again but like uh when he's talking to dip it riddle is talking to dip it and he's like oh you have something to tell me or whatever he doesn't say it that way but (laughs) riddle's like no and it says, but Harry was sure it was the same sort of note that he himself had given Dumbledore. And so it, reading this chapter again, and I'm going to go connect to Wizards Unite because I already said this to you earlier. This is exactly the thing of the mirroring, the empathizing, the connecting that makes Constance Pickering so suspicious in this <laughs> game. <laughs> 
because I'm like, I, I actually, I finished reading the chapter. I walked up to Jeff and I was like, Constance is Lord Voldemort. And that's all. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that is my conclusion. Yeah, you that did. is it. No, but it's really, it's really well done. Um, just the connection between what we're seeing with Tom Riddle with Harry and also like knowing Harry like Harry is being pulled into this memory and seeing this like of course so going back to people's lenses and perspectives and previous experiences that's also going to tint the way that Harry is viewing this like he immediately is like yeah I'll trust you Tom Riddle even though you're talking to me through this diary this kind of weird even though you're trying to make me point the finger at Hagrid. At Hagrid, your yes. boy who saved you. And he does. Harry does. He takes By the it. end of it, he, takes he has it. come out. Yeah. He has bit the bait. Oh my gosh. Seabass style. Seabass. Yeah, it's C-bass. like, uh, yeah, it's really phenomenal. I mean, the way that she sets us up and Harry up mm-hmm. to have an emotional tie mm-hmm. to. Tom Riddle, mm-hmm. as a kid, yep. loving Hogwarts, wanting to stay there. Harry would stay there, like, and then like being able to manipulate that into even even I was like, oh, sh- it's Hagrid. Oh yeah, no, yeah. yeah, like yeah. Well, why did he like offer? Well, it's also up similar. And- like, so if Tom Riddle is because like Ron even was like, oh, it sounds like a sounds like Percy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like he's head boy prefect, like all this stuff, and he like and Hermione's like, what's wrong with that? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And supposedly Tom Riddle caught the air, Slytherin or whatever, did this stuff. It's like similar to Harry, where Harry wants to like be the one. He's on this journey as well. He's trying to like shut things down and i don't know it's kind of this very like disturbing like oh he's kind of possibly someone to look up to like this this boy back in the day and whatever um but going back to what you're saying with the 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 history thing it's you made me think about so twitter i think facebook have similar policies uh now with like manipulated media um and so Twitter has this new tag thing, and this has become especially big with uh, our political elections in the mm-hmm. United States and a big deal. Like, everyone keeps, like, talking about, like, what constitutes, like, edited video. Like, for example, like, if you cut off, like, or, uh, like, a little segment of a speech, like, is it is it edited? Is it manipulated? No, it's literally what you said, but it's like, no, but you're like editing basically is anything or manipulation is anything that alters like the, what the intentionality of the message is Mm -hmm. within the context. Like if you change the meaning that is made, then that is manipulation. Like that's, so that's kind of like what you made me think of with this. Like, yeah, you're seeing, you're literally seeing it. This actually happened, but there's more to it than that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think if you shift the inference, that's what an editing looks like, right? You mm-hmm. shift the inference. Mm-hmm. And so here, Tom Riddle shifts the inference for us to to Hagrid the same way he did in real time. Mm-hmm. Poor Hagrid. Yeah. My gosh. <laughs> well, there's all these ramifications. I think the other side of the telling history idea that mm-hmm. we kind of are flirting with when we talk about um, the cross between Fantastic Beasts and Grindelwald and Voldemort is Dumbledore, who, like himself, and we'll learn in these books, is uh, possibly somebody who has 
told a certain history or allowed mm-hmm. a certain history about himself to be told right? mm-hmm. and obscured other things. Mm-hmm. And so it's a different, uh, it's a challenging thing because we can't know the whole of history. So right, we have to it have it be and... condensed. Yeah. But the inference drawing is the real, mm-hmm. the real question mark to me. Yeah. Like it, that's what I think people talk about with like that you can lie with history it's mm-hmm. like if you cherry pick certain things or or edit or alter in certain ways, you can mm-hmm. push people to make different inferences. Yeah, and it's also complicated when you think of like, so history, historical retellings of anything involve more than one person. So right. like from different perspectives, positionalities and all of that, then like, um, I don't know, it's kind of also when people are like, oh, everyone's a little bit right because like, you know, we're all we all do some things and torture each other and do whatever. And so this is the bad this place. This is the bad place. So that's why it's so complicated. Yeah. But another good chapter. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else? Mm-mm. Too yeah, many I things. I, I was either. I was just like, oh my god, the whole yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we're gonna start to wrap it up pretty quick. Oh, I saw the next, next chapter one? was Cornelius. Yeah, Fudge. Fudge. I forgot about that as being. I also chapter. forgot about that. Mm-hmm. But that'll be good. I'm excited for that. Maybe yeah. we'll do some research on the ministry oh or, or the fudgeinator. The fudgeinator. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time then. Juan's okay. ready. <laughs>